Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Where we're going today with Ephesians 4. So God is so good. We um, Welcome to church, everybody, by the way. My name's Daryl. You've probably seen my face around once or twice. Um, we are very privileged in our country to be able to gather like this. And I just, as we do that, I want to take the opportunity to encourage every single one of us to focus on the author of that. There's been many generations that have come before us that have loved God and, and helped us to have a culture where we can now um, just gather every day, every Sunday together, every day. So I've got my crash-proof iPad because I'm I-illiterate. I um, and we are now um, going to get stuck in. Now, in Ephesians 1, there's a prayer that Christ prays. I'm just going to pray it now. Father God, I pray that you let the spirit of wisdom and revelation fall on us right now for a full enlightenment, Father God, so that we can come to know the hope of your calling, the glorious inheritance that we have in you, and the greatness of your power. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's get stuck in to Galatians 4. Now, ironically, last time I preached, I used my Bible and I realised I needed a larger font. (laughs) Go figure. And so I was looking for a Bible with a larger font and I found it in my daughter's room. So this is her Corinna's graduation Bible that I've stolen from her to use today. Ephesians 4, chapter chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended to the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles and prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers the fivefold ministry gifts. It's not the exhaustive list, list, there are more, but this is where we're at. And why did he give those? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, 
to the measure and status of fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I've titled this Time to Love. It's a simple concept, really, and as Christians we all know it. We've all been practising this in our lives. First thing I want to get to draw out of this is to walk worthy. That very first part of the, the scripture that he was talking about there is to walk worthy of our calling in humility, gentleness and patience. We all know what humility is, don't we? It's having a, a right understanding of who we are in Christ. It's to have a humble opinion of ourselves, a deep sense of our moral littleness compared to God's moral greatness. To have a, a modest and low understanding that we are here and God is here and he has lifted us up to him. That's humility. Gentleness. Mild and meek. That doesn't mean weak. It means that the strongest person can lift, hold out the, the gentlest hand in service. And the highest person can have an attitude of service to even the lowliest person. This is what it is. And we are talking also about patience. We don't like that word. We all try not to ever to pray for patience in our life because we know what's going to happen when we do. But what is patience other than endurance and the ability to sustain? When we, <laughs> when we hit a hard time, let's not look at it as something that is really bad, but something that we just can, you know, endure like a runner that pushed through. Been a long time since I've pushed through anything. <laughs> that one got past the sensor. I'm not sure how that happened. <laughs> okay, um, to endure and, to, and, to, and then to bear with each other in love. I didn't look, I didn't focus on the love word here. I focused on bear. And what does that mean? A simple definition is to tolerate, to hold up, to sustain. When we're bearing with, say, my mate Lee, I just have to tolerate all his dad jokes. <laughs> They're good. I don't have to tolerate much, but I have to tolerate it. I hold up others that need holding up. I sustain those that need sustaining. Bearing each other in love. So let's dwell here for a little while. 
and we'll go to the slide with the essential slide. Here's a summary that works for me from those two verses. I am not the be-all and end-all. I know my limits. I'm careful with how I react to situations. I will be considerate. I am self-possessed. I'll be even-tempered. I am tolerant. I will sustain others. Very simple, modern language that comes out of the words. This is an essential part of our Christian walk. How do we do these things? You see, it's easy for me to stand here and say, this is essential, but how do we do it? So we've, we move on from there and we talk about the bond of peace in verse 3. He's cramming a lot into these three verses, isn't he? The bond of peace. What's a bond? In a body, it's a ligament that bonds a bone to muscle. And we're often con con conceived of as a body of Christ. But also... It's a unifying principle. So that ligament that bonds muscle to bone for us is a unifying principle. What is that unifying principle that we, we live under? Well, love, the love of Christ. Peace between me and Ash. It's very hard sometimes. <laughs> I'm very hard to put up with. Um, it's also safety and security and prosperity because where there is peace, people feel able to be safe and they can be secure in that. And we can be safe and secure in the worst situations as long as we have peace in us. That's where we'll prosper. The Messiah's peace that he left with us, the way, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord. Faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all and in all. Why do I, next verse in there, we're talking about, this is what it is to be bonded together. We're unified in this. This is where we're unified. These, those essentials we were talking about before, this is where they start, to, the rubber meets the road. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. We're going somewhere. One. The Christian person is to be united is to be a united people under Christ every christian carries the stamp of Christ on their lives so anyone got a 20 cent piece in their pocket or purse or does anyone here even remember what <laughs> money is looks like for that piece of metal is intrinsically worth 4 cents not that much it's intrinsically worthless and then it's put in a stamp and they apply a great amount of pressure to it. Bang! And all of a sudden it's worth 20 cents. And so here's me, intrinsically worthless. Bang! Stamp of Christ. Intrinsically worth everything. 
every Christian has that stamp on their life. I don't care how worthless you think you are. Once you've been, bang, stamped with Christ, you go from that four cents of metal to 20 cents. Or that half a cent of polymer to a $100 bill. Unity. Bond of peace. One. We are one. And the gifts were given to build us. We've got a list of gifts, I believe. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers. I might not have put it in, I'm sorry. But those giftings are to take us all from being one little thing into a bigger picture. To edify us, to train us. They're for us. Moving on, because we have to. I have a mate, and we talk, funnily enough, and we were driving somewhere. We were in separate cars, I believe, and he called me up, and we were having this conversation. And he talked about chronic... And he was talking about the word chronic. If we can have the definition for chronic up. It means of long duration. Lasting for a long period of time or marked by frequent reoccurrence. Subject to a hat or pattern, a habit or pattern of behaviour for a long time. So you've got long duration. We have chronic inflation. We have lasting period of time marked by frequent reoccurrence. Chronic heartburn. It's a medical term. Subject to a habit or pattern of behaviour over a long period of time. Such and such as a chronic liar. All those words seem to be a little bit negative. It all seems to have a little bit of a negative connotation when you put chronic on it. And then the subject was changed. And my mate started talking about love. Agape love which is the last thing that was um, in, the, in there with body built in love in the scriptures, the body built in love and agape. And then he astounded me. He put the two together. He said, I want to live in chronic love. I want to have a sustained, habitual, continual, reoccurring love in my life why don't we try that sometime take chronic and make it a good word in our lives instead of oh I've got a chronic bad back or my wrist is chronically sore after I broke it or whatever we use chronic for and turn it into chronic love a habit a reoccurring, habitual thing in our lives. How can we do that? Very easily. Think it through before you react. Let's, can I go back to the essentials, please? The essentials slide. How can I apply chronic love to every single one of those situations? How am I going to be the person that knows their limits? is considerate, even tempted, and sustaining others. How can I do that? I'm going to react out of 
chronic love every time. I'm going to choose love. I'm going to make it my habit. When has chronic love affected you? When when has chronic love sustained you? When has it made a difference in your life? When has it made a difference in mine? And where can we practice chronic love? Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.